From the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network Studios in Des Moines, I'm Mark Magnuson, and welcome to Iowa Ag Matters. In today's show, Riley will visit with Pat Swanson of the Iowa Soybean Association about crop insurance and farm bill priorities. Andy will speak with Greg Northrup, the president and CEO of Verbio. And I will be joined by Molly Kruger, a grad student studying swine viruses while working to get her PhD at Iowa State. It's time now to welcome our hosts, Dustin Huffman and Andy Peterson. Well, welcome to Iowa Ag Matters on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. I'm Dustin Hoffman and being joined as always by Andy Peterson. And Andy, boy, a little bit of a dreary day here in central Iowa. Uh, a little bit chillier than we've had, but you know, for, for February, it's not too bad. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it really isn't. In fact, I saw some people wearing shorts yesterday, believe yes, it or indeed. not. Yes, indeed. Oh, I know it's warm. I've seen a few Harleys out and about, too, already. <laughs> and there were the um, uh, pictures going around social media from a couple of jokesters, uh, you know, looking out the back window of their planner saying, I think it's fit. Yeah, um, just about it, right? Maybe a little, maybe a little early. Uh, yeah, just was, a little bit, which was, yeah. Which was we have been, We and have then, been blessed. And, and then some of the comments were, what have you been waiting for? We started back in December, and the pictures are of corn that's, you know, six inches high. So that was kind of fun yesterday, too. But um, out in Pennsylvania today, Dustin. Yes, we uh, finally heard one of my favorite, don't ask me why, one of my favorite holidays is, is Groundhog Day. And, of course, we got the official word uh, for those of you who like to have a little whimsy in your in, in your calendar. I mean, we all know that it's six weeks of winter no matter what he sees, technically, if you want to go by the calendar. But... The same token is if you like a little whimsy in your life, uh, here's what Phil had to say. Hear ye, hear ye. Now on this February 2nd, Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, prognosticator of all prognosticators, was awakened from his wintry nap at dawn on Gobbler's Knob. Phil looked to the skies and then, speaking in groundhoggies, what this weather did not provide is a shadow or reason to hide. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. An early spring is on the way. So there we have it, the official word from the folks out there at Puxatawney and Mr. Phil, probably one of the more accurate weather forecasters we have. Because <laughs> he always seems that, you know, they always say the animals know better than we do sometimes, and I think that can be true. But uh, in, yeah, that's the fact, official word in early spring. As we were just talking about, I was a day ahead of the groundhog, I think ours started yesterday. <laughs> Let's kick things off by getting into our market analysis with Mark Magnuson. Corn is trading slightly higher this morning, but was lower in the overnight trade. The nearby months are slightly higher, while deferred contracts are lower. Despite the bearish tone in the markets recently, March corn is on track for a slight gain on the week, as long as it closes in the green today. Yesterday's export sales report was strong for corn and near the upper range of expectations, which has been supportive this week. The USDA's Crushings and Co-Products report yesterday showed that 481.7 million bushels of corn was used for ethanol in December, which was up 56 from a year ago. Soybeans are trading higher to start the day, but were slightly lower in overnight trade. Higher soybean meal is supportive, while soybean oil is lower. March soybeans are on track for a slight loss on the week, while the November contract is on track for a small gain. Poor export sales this week pressured prices. Yesterday's fats and oils report from the USDA showed that total soybean crush for December was 204 million bushels, 17 million bushels above this time a year ago, and a new monthly record. 
Yesterday, non-commercials were estimated to have sold 8,000 contracts of soybeans, which would have added to their net short position. All three wheat classes trading higher today and were mostly higher yesterday as well. Funds are likely short covering as prices move higher. All three wheat classes on track to post a higher close for the week. Although little fresh news has supported prices, it's nice to see them off of their lows. The forecast for world wheat stockpiles was increased slightly to 319.7 million metric tons from 319.3 million metric tons. Previously, there had been concerns of a shrinking wheat stockpile. Russia's grain exports rose by 23% between July 1st and January 31st, which is 23% more grain exported than the previous year. Well, we'll have more from Market Magnuson coming up a little later on the program as he looks at the livestock markets. But right now, Andy Peterson standing by. He has his three big Iowa Ag Matters. Number three. Across the finish line, sweeping tax legislation in the U.S. House, pushed there by farm state members where farmers and ranchers will benefit from the bill, according to Iowa's Randy Feenstra. Agriculture is the economic engine of my district, and our tax policies must help our farmers grow, invest, and compete with China. This legislation does exactly that. He says there are two key provisions, 100% bonus depreciation and the expansion of the Section 179 deduction limit, which is relied upon to buy equipment and invest in operations. Number two. Growing concern over damage to alfalfa fields with the higher than normal winter temperatures and less snowfall than normal. Randy Welch from Winfield United says as things start to green up this spring, farmers should check their fields. Now he says if the stands drop below five plants per square foot, no matter how healthy the crowns appear, you should consider rotating the stand. Number one. A renewable heating source made right here in Iowa for bio central Iowa using corn and soybean stover. So we take the stover, we grind it up, uh, we put it into our anaerobic digester, we make methane out of that. Uh, then we take the methane, we upgrade it to pipeline quality so we can inject it into the natural gas system that's out, outside our front door. It's It looks no different, Andy, than the fossil natural gas. The molecule looks exactly the same. So people at home using, they don't know actually if they're using our renewable natural gas or fossil natural gas, because once the molecule gets into the system, it, it can go wherever it wants. President and CEO Greg Northrup says they are looking for stover to harvest from farmers in a hundred mile radius of the plant. I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa Ag Matters. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Well, we did have a, a lot of busy uh, times through the last week or a week and a half, and one of those things we did was head down to that cow-calf conference that KIIC was hosting. Uh, as always, every year they do that down in Otumwa. Always a great event. And Riley Smith was down there this year, and he was able to talk to them, uh, a lot of great producers, both of grain and cattle, and get some interesting information, and he'll have that coming up in just a moment. Yeah, absolutely fascinating uh, conversation, and I ran into Pat and Don as well at uh, ISA's farm forward event this week they're very busy they were uh, packed for like a week and a half so a lot of things going on there later we'll talk with greg northrup from for bio north america as well about 
liquefied natural gas from corn and soybean stove. Fascinating Iowa Ag Matters continues in just a moment. Well, Riley Smith had the chance to talk with Pat Swanson of the Iowa Soybean Association, talking about farm bill priorities and more here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Uh, obviously a lot going on right now. First off, crop insurance. We know those deadlines are coming up, and a big thing is, uh, you know, maybe get started on that before the deadlines uh, start to sneak up on you. So just tell us a little bit on the Iowa soybean side of things. Uh, just what's kind of been the conversation on crop insurance this year? Um, so this year with crop insurance, we have an agency, so we're, we're, we're talking to our farmers about what their plans are for the new year as far as are they going to be farming more acres or different acres. And then we're really talking to them about what is going on with the prices because in the spring during the month of February is is when we figure out what the spring price will be for crop insurance and right now we we anticipate that those prices are going to be lower than last year so the good news is that the their premiums are going to be lower than they were last year the bad news is they're not going to have as many dollars of coverage for that revenue protection product so so yeah so there's some concerns there um, you know do we we increase our coverage you know so we're, we're talking to our guys those conversations are going on right now Right, and you know, it's one of those things where we're at the start of a new year. Uh, people have that mindset of maybe taking a look at what happened last year, maybe making some new considerations for the new year. And I think that's something for farmers to think about is, do you need to make any changes for the following year? You know, there's really not a lot of new options. There is some area plans that you can add on to your your, your current crop insurance, your federal crop in, um, program, but there's really not a lot of things, you know, I guess, you know, people are looking, wow, last year we didn't have much rain and we grew a fairly decent crop. So, you know, so farmers are concerned, do we, you know, do we need as much crop insurance? And, you know, we're really trying to encourage them not to change levels as far as going down a level just because of our weather concerns. You know, we were 18 inches short of rain last year in this area in Wapala County. And so, yes, we've had lots of snow, but that isn't making up yet for our deficit. So we're concerned about what kind of moisture we'll have in the ground when the spring comes and, you know, and what kind of crop we'll have this year. So definitely want to keep them at the levels they're at and hopefully um, encourage them maybe even to get some higher levels as well. Exactly. And then, of course, uh, you have a role with the American Soybean Association as well. And a uh, big side of that is uh, the farm bill and what we want to see hopefully this year uh, get added to that. Um, now, you just mentioned with Commodity Classic coming up, uh, some you know big policy discussions to be had and some, uh, I believe, some voting to be done. So just talk us through what's been kind of at the top of the mind with the American Soybean Association. So right now is when we're working on our resolutions for our policy booklet that we will be using to talk to our congressional delegation about what we need in the Farm Bill. Right now, the biggest concern is just getting a Farm Bill done. You know, we haven't been able to talk about the Farm Bill because the budget's still in, you know, they have they just kicked the can down the road a little bit further another six weeks and so until that's resolved it's hard to get the farm bill done so the biggest thing is just getting the farm bill done so that the farmers have certainty about what those programs are going to look for the biggest thing we're talking about is you know do no harm to crop insurance right we we like the program it's a good you know the farmers pay into it as well you know with our premiums and we'd really like to see that program continue the way it is so we're definitely talking to them about that we're talking to them about the Title I programs, which is your ARC and PLC programs at the FSA offices. So we're talking to them about, you know, maybe increasing some of those reference prices because we haven't seen much for payments on those programs. So those are the big things right now that we're working on. In February, we celebrate World Radio Day. 
Here at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, we feature Iowa-centric programming with content focused on Iowa crop farmers and livestock producers who draw their livelihood from modern production agriculture. Today, the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network offers nine programs per day, anywhere from two and a half to four minutes. In addition, the network airs a daily midday program featuring Iowa ag news and discussions called Iowa Ag Matters. And we also host a long-format weekend radio program called Weekend Ag Matters. The network's content footprint also includes a growing digital presence, including our daily e-newsletter called Ag Matters Daily, our website, which features our daily news stories at iowaagnet.com, along with a daily YouTube ag news program called Ag Matters PM. We are also active on Facebook, X, LinkedIn, and TikTok, and provide free daily market podcasts twice per day. We thank you for supporting the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network as we celebrate World Radio Day in February. Still to come here on Iowa Ag Matters, an outstanding conversation with Greg Northrup from Verbio on your official, authentic, and trusted voice of Iowa agriculture market numbers are next. Time to run down those elevator prices on this Groundhog Day. I'm Dustin Huffman here on Iowa Ag Matters. Uh, ADM in Burlington, they are a dime under on corn today at 438, soybeans 12 cents under at 1193. Cargill and Eddyville, two cents over on corn, cash bid 450. New Co op Algona, a dime under on corn, 438, soybeans 55 cents under, cash bid 1150. Ag State Sheldon, nine cents over on corn, four fifty-seven. Soybeans, seventy-two cents under at eleven thirty-three. Ag State Alta, seventeen cents under on corn, four thirty-one for their cash bid. Soybeans, sixty-two cents under at eleven forty-three. Cargill Cedar Rapids, fifteen cents over on corn, four sixty-three, but fifteen cents under on soybeans at eleven ninety for that cash bid. Nexus Co-op Marble Rock, they are eight cents under on corn at four forty. Soybeans, fifty-two cents under at eleven fifty-three. At Lincoln Way Ethanol Nevada, they are uh, even today, actually, with corn. They're at four forty-eight for the cash bid. ADM Des Moines, eight cents under on soybeans, cash bid eleven ninety-seven. New Co-op Red Oak, a dime under on corn, four thirty-eight soybeans, fifty cents under. They're at eleven fifty-five. Mid Iowa Cooperative Green Mountain, twenty-two cents under on corn, four twenty-six soybeans, fifty cents under at eleven fifty-five. At New Co-op Sheraton, they're twenty cents under on corn, four twenty-eight soybeans, fifty-five cents under at eleven fifty. Walk on feed ranch, twenty cents under on corn, four twenty-eight soybeans, forty-nine cents under at eleven fifty-six. New co-op Glidden, a dime under on corn, cash bid four thirty-eight soybeans, fifty cents under at eleven fifty-five. And Innovative Ag Services Farley, thirteen cents under on corn, four thirty-five soybeans, fifty-two cents under at eleven fifty-three. Cargill Muscatine closed until April first. Cash corn and soybean bids are subject to change without notice. Always check with your local elevator to making sales to obtain the most recent price. And that's been a check of your elevator prices here on Iowa Ag Matters for this Friday morning. Stay with us. We've got more Iowa Ag Matters still to come right after this message. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. We've got more market information still to come here on Iowa Ag Matters, including a complete rundown of the midday numbers here to end the week. 
Mark and Andy will have that for you coming up here and on Iowa Ag Matters. Don't forget about our free market podcast. All that delivered right to your mobile device through Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Podbean. Iowa Ag Matters got more to come. We'll have it coming up right after this message. So stay with us. Well, as we were talking, we have had the Iowa Pork Congress and other great events going on here as we keep moving through meeting season here in Iowa. And one of those was the Iowa Pork Congress. And of course, one of the things that we are always keeping an eye on is the health of our herds. I know there's threats of different diseases, but there's always those diseases that come around every year. And, and herd management and herd health is always a big deal. And Mark Magnuson had a chance to talk with Molly Kruger. She is a grad student from Iowa State. She's also a grant recipient, or sorry, a scholarship recipient from the National Pork Board. But she is working with the Iowa pork producers uh, on studying some of the diseases that are affecting hogs and, and helping out in that way. And here's what Mark was able to find from her. Mark Magnuson for the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, and I'm here today with Molly Kruger. Molly, thanks so much for joining us. She is a graduate student at Iowa State University. Molly, what are you studying at Iowa State as part of trying to get your PhD? I'm studying swine viruses. I'm in the veterinary diagnostic lab at Iowa State, and I'm working mainly on porcine circovirus type 2 and 3 and how those viruses interact with the swine immune system so we can hopefully develop better vaccines and overall improve pig health. So right there on the front lines of trying to improve overall pig health, and we know that that is top of mind for everyone at a show like this at Iowa Pork Congress. What has been the most exciting part of this program for you so far since you've been involved? Because it's obviously some pretty lofty things when we're talking about uh, the viruses that affect swine. Sure. Um, Along with the Real Pork Scholars Program, in addition to having funding to do our own research, We've also had the opportunity to seek one-on-one mentorship with an industry professional, and I think that's been very valuable in helping me to take the next steps in my career. Additionally, we've had the opportunity to dive more deeply into the We Care principles and different aspects along with that to hopefully better be able to communicate with the consumers about top industry issues. So has that been a nice link then in between school and then kind of the actual job world? Because it is different. You can study the things in school and learn a lot of the basics, but until you get out there and actually implement them in the real world, it can be a learning experience. For sure. It's been nice to have more of that in-depth industry experience rather than just solely focusing on my research. And I've really been able to kind of further explore those opportunities within the industry and also have a better understanding of current topics that are important to pig producers and being more educated on those aspects as well. So how did you become a pork scholar with the National Pork Board then? Did you apply and then were you selected? Yep, that's exactly right. Um, It's just an application process in which we were selected after being our application was reviewed by a panel of industry experts. So Molly, are you already thinking ahead then to your career and what you would like to do? Are you going to uh, jump right into things and hopefully start working on all of these swine diseases that are relevant every single day? Um, Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I have a fellowship through the United States Department of Agriculture where I'll actually have a position working um, in foreign animal diseases at the foreign animal disease diagnostic lab that's being moved to Manhattan, Kansas. So I'm very excited to kind of be more involved in foot and mouth disease research and vaccine stockpiling that the producers can use in case of uh, FMD outbreak. And I'll also have the chance to hopefully respond to other disease outbreaks that are ongoing, such as current challenges with ASF and being involved with that. 
So Molly, when you very first were deciding what to study at school, what got you so interested in the swine science side of things and hopefully trying to help out this industry? Yeah, it actually goes back to in high school. Um, as When I was a student in high school, um, that was when porcine epidemic diarrhea was first introduced to the United States. And I kind of got really interested in that. Along with that, I competed in an FFA prepared public speaking event where my topic was about PED. And that really got me interested into the more science side of research things and animal disease and diagnostics and hopefully combating foreign animal diseases and kind of working on the preparedness aspect for that to overall improve swine health. She is Molly Kruger from Iowa State University. And I forgot to ask you, Molly, but where are you from originally? South Dakota, correct? Correct. Yep. I'm originally from Lenox, South Dakota. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here today. And best of luck with your studies and your post-college career as well. Thank you. Well, thanks very much, Mark, for that great information. Of course, lots of great stuff coming to us from Iowa Pork Congress, from Iowa Ag Expo, and much more. The Iowa Farm Forward uh, set up with the Iowa Soybean Association. Uh, we've got so much coming up, including AAI's uh, showcase coming up later on in the month. Commodity Classic come up in Houston. We'll be down there for that. Lots to get to. But right now, speaking of getting to things, here's Andy Peterson and his three big Iowa Ag Matters. Number three. Across the finish line, sweeping tax legislation in the U.S. House, pushed there by farm state members where farmers and ranchers will benefit from the bill according to Iowa's Randy Feenstra. Agriculture is the economic engine of my district, and our tax policies must help our farmers grow, invest, and compete with China. This legislation does exactly that. He says there are two key provisions, 100% bonus depreciation and the expansion of the Section 179 deduction limit, which is relied upon to buy equipment and invest in operations. Number two. Growing concern over damage to alfalfa fields with the higher than normal winter temperatures and less snowfall than normal. Randy Welch from Winfield United says as things start to green up this spring, farmers should check their fields. Now he says if the stands drop below five plants per square foot, no matter how healthy the crowns appear, you should consider rotating the stand. Number one. A renewable heating source made right here in Iowa for bio central Iowa using corn and soybean stover. So we take the stover, we grind it up, uh, we put it into our anaerobic digester, we make methane out of that. Uh, then we take the methane, we upgrade it to pipeline quality so we can inject it into the natural gas system that's outside our front door. It's It looks no different, Andy, than the fossil natural gas. The molecule looks exactly the same. So people at home using, they don't know actually if they're using our renewable natural gas or fossil natural gas, because once the molecule gets into the system, it, it can go wherever it wants. President and CEO Greg Northrup says they are looking for stover to harvest from farmers in a hundred mile radius of the plant. I'm Andy Peterson. Those are your three big Iowa Ag Matters. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Well, lots more still to come here on Iowa Ag Matters, just beginning to scratch the surface. We've got, a, of course, a talk about liquid 
natural gas coming from corn stover and andy will have more of that coming up but first we're going to have a rundown of those midday numbers we had a good start to the grains this morning for the first time in a little bit we'll see if that was able to keep going and and how those cattle and hogs are all shaking out mark and andy take a look at those coming up right next on the iowa agribusiness radio network This is the Midday Market Update on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson. Joined today by Amanda Brill of Total Farm Marketing for our Midday Market discussion. Amanda, what are we seeing taking place in the grains? We've got lower prices today in corn and soybeans. Corn's down by about two cents, soybeans down by 18. Wheat is mixed, though. Um, Chicago wheat's up four cents and Casey's down two. Um, Not a whole lot of fresh news. Export sales were in line with expectations for corn, a little bit on the higher end of, of expectations. And for soybeans, not very good, a marketing year low. There was a flash sale of soybeans to Mexico this morning, but um, export sales are kind of the news today. And that pressure on the prices, Amanda, is it just strictly the South American situation and just still counting on big crops from that part of the world? I think that's the main reason. I mean, we're going to be seeing likely a larger crop than last year from South America in both corn and soybeans. And it's hard to get the markets to rally when they're starting to harvest. Um, there's been some estimates that that Argentina's crop might be ri- increasing and then um, Brazil's decreasing a little bit probably ends up offsetting each other. That's the latest on the grains. Here's Andy Peterson with more livestock news. Here are the in-depth livestock numbers. At midday, we start daily estimated cattle slaughter estimates. 127,000 head, 1,000 more than a week ago, and 4,000 more than a year ago. Choice and select boxes are both lower. The spread widening just a little bit on low movement or light movement, I guess you'd say. 68 loads of choice boxes selling down a buck 53, 294.54. Select is off 288, 284.17 on 18 loads of movement. The spread widening to still a very narrow 1037. As far as pork numbers go, daily estimated slaughter totals coming in at 491,000 head. That's 2,000 less than a week ago and 3,000 more than a year ago. Cash markets. Let's start by wrapping up yesterday's trade for comparison purposes. Barrels and gilts producers sold on a carcass basis, negotiated purchases, pretty good run, 6,300 head. The weighted average price sharply higher, up 316 to 62.56 formula purchases uh, the weighted average price finishing at 72.14 on 160,000 head of sales so that market was up about 40 cents as far as what's happening at midday here today we see the numbers not available due to confidentiality issues and packer submission issues so we will catch those tomorrow hi my name is ethan smith and i've been a certified crop advisor in iowa for about six years The Iowa CCA program is valuable to me because it helps keep me informed on new topics and research around the industry, including soils, insects, diseases, and much more. It's also a great way to network with others around the state and beyond. Iowa is known for its crops, and that's why we're here. To learn more about becoming a certified crop advisor, visit iowacca.org. At midday, March corn is down two and a half at four forty-five and three quarters. March soybeans down eighteen and a half at twelve oh three and three quarters. March soybean meal down five dollars and eighty cents at three sixty-two fifty. March soybean oil down nineteen cents at forty-five eighty-three. 
On the Merck, February live cattle up $1.27 at 178.62. March feeder cattle up $3.65 at 243.80. February lean hogs down 55 cents at 75.80. February pork cutout down 5 cents at 88 even. And class 3 milk up 4 cents at 16.14. That was a check of the midday markets on Iowa Ag Matters. I'm Mark Magnuson. Well, we're back with some more market analysis, including our check of the livestock numbers. Mark Magnuson has a chance to go through that right now here for us on IWAG Matters. Thursday's reaction to the semi-annual NAS cattle inventory report pushed futures triple digits higher. Fat cattle ended the day with a $2.27 to $2.47 gain of as much as 1.4%. Feeder cattle futures settled 1.4% to 2% higher with gains of as much as $4.72. USDA confirmed Thursday cash business from $173 to $178, citing most action was $3 higher near $178. The CME feeder cattle index increased $1.63 on January 31st to $237.95. The semi-annual cattle inventory report had 87.157 million head of cattle counted as of January 1st. That was a 2.6% decrease year-over-year compared to the expected 1.3% drop in inventory. USDA's wholesale box beef prices had the February 1st quotes at $294.94 and $283.25. For choice and select, respectively. For choice, that was up $0.40 on the day, while select was another $0.92 weaker. USDA reported FI cattle slaughter at 505,000 head for the week through Thursday. That's up 13,000 head from last week and is 9,000 head more than the same week last year. Following seven consecutive gains, lean hog futures pulled back to start the new month of February. April hogs had seen a $14.22 range during the month of January, ending a net $9.97 stronger. USDA's national average base hog price was another 79 cents higher on Thursday to $63.35. The January 30th CME Lean Hog Index was another 90 cents higher at $72.38. USDA's national pork carcass cutout value was $1.03 higher on Thursday afternoon, though bellies were quoted $5.85 weaker. The federally inspected hog slaughter for the week was marked at 1.955 million head through Thursday. That is 20,000 head more than last week and is up 18,000 head from the same week last year. In February, we celebrate World Radio Day. Here at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network, we feature Iowa-centric programming with content focused on Iowa crop farmers and livestock producers who draw their livelihood from modern production agriculture. Today, the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network offers nine programs per day, anywhere from two and a half to four minutes. In addition, the network airs a daily midday program featuring Iowa ag news and discussions called Iowa Ag Matters. And we also host a long-format weekend radio program called Weekend Ag Matters. The network's content footprint also includes a growing digital presence, including our daily e-newsletter called Ag Matters Daily, our website, which features our daily news stories at iowaagnet.com, along with a daily YouTube ag news program called Ag Matters PM. We are also active on Facebook, X, LinkedIn, and TikTok, and provide free daily market podcasts twice per day. We thank you for supporting the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network as we celebrate World Radio Day in February. Well, when we think about biofuels, ethanol, biodiesel, renewable fuel, a lot of uh, talk about sustainable aviation fuel. 
But what about liquefied natural gas? And that's actually happening, maybe without as much fanfare as it uh, should have had, but it is happening and producers can benefit. Greg Northrup tells us how with Burbio in Central Iowa. It's a fascinating conversation and you'll get to hear it next here on Iowa Ag Matters. Well, one of the things that we have learned as we've gone along in agriculture is how to use more of what we sometimes leave behind, and that includes the stover from corn and trying to generate more fuels like uh, liquefied natural gas and, and finding ways to not just leave things laying around and can also help yields, as we're finding out. Andy talked with Greg Northrup about this very fact up at ISA's Farm Forward event. One of the cool presentations, if you will, at the uh, Farm Forward event came from Greg Northrup, President and CEO of uh, Verbio with the cellulosic plant uh, in central Iowa and several others, according to the slide. So great to see you in Iowa, Greg. Great to see you uh, working with Iowa farmers. Yeah, we're really happy to be invited to talk. This is one of those critical groups of people that we need to reach out to. We're, As I said in my presentation, we're in the business of looking for residue, ag residue, and we don't think of soybean residue as something that could be the feedstock like it is for corn stover, which is a little bit more straightforward. But uh, there's no reason we can't make this work. And if we combine corn stover harvest and residue harvest of soybeans with cover crops, we have a win-win for everybody. And I hate that term win-win, but this, in this case, it's true. Yeah, so talk a little bit about what you're finding out through ISA and, and ISU research in regard to actually leads to improved yields by removing some of the residue. So I'm way over my skis when I say this, okay? But according to my good friends at ISU, and we're becoming more and more good friends, you know, I, I feel like I actually I'm going back to get my agronomy degree. <laughs> I don't know if I'll get a degree certificate or not. According to what we find is if you remove the residue, it, there's this old thought process. It used to keep it on the soil because it would retain water. Actually, the worst, it's the opposite. It creates serious problems as it relates to water issues and, and, and in fact, then reduces the harvest potential of the following year. What we've seen with residue removal is increases in corn production. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, as I mentioned, we make hummus, which is a, a soil amendment that we put back into the soil, uh, which helps to capture water as part of its uh, uh, attributes. Ultimately, mm-hmm. it still has all the nitrates and all the phosphates. Uh, so those values are going back into the soil as part of the process. So if you do full cycle like we are, uh, then all of this starts to make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And so you take the, the stover and you do what with it? So we take the stover, we grind it up, uh, we put it into our anaerobic digester. We make methane out of that. Uh, then we take the methane, we upgrade it to pipeline quality so we can inject it into the natural gas system that's outside our front door. It's, it looks no different, Andy, than the fossil natural gas. The molecule looks exactly the same. So people at home using, they don't know actually if they're using our renewable natural gas or fossil natural gas, because once the molecule gets into the system, it, it can go wherever it wants. Mm-hmm. It's just fascinating to me as well uh, from a long-term no-till perspective of, yeah, good no-till starts in the fall. You spread it out there, you protect the soil, it breaks down, the P and K goes back into the soil, but the, the, the biology part of that where you can actually help the soil by taking some of it off just is groundbreaking. No, so, as you, as you mentioned, the cover crop reduces the need for till in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, there's just... 
it, the studies all suggest that it, it's just something we should do. I understand, with my limited knowledge of ag, that it's it's more complicated to integrate all the production processes and how this all works from an economic standpoint. But for the first time, we're offering a revenue stream to the grower for residue, mm-hmm. which he never had before. Mm-hmm. So now we're creating economic value. Absolutely, absolutely, which is necessary given the two-plus dollar drop in soybean and corn prices here over the course of the past year. So how do we find out more about Verbio? Well, you can go to our website. It's uh, us. Or if you're interested, you can go to our parent website, which is the same thing. Except instead of .us, it's .de. Um, so for German, for Deutsch, you know, so <laughs> pretty straightforward. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of good information on the website about who we are and what we're trying to do. Greg, thanks. Good. Thank you, Andy. Excellent. Great. Thank Perfect. you. Yeah, thank you. Great presentation. Hi, my name is Ethan Smith, and I've been a certified crop advisor in Iowa for about six years. The Iowa CCA program is valuable to me because it helps keep me informed on new topics and research around the industry including soils, insects, diseases, and much more. It's also a great way to network with others around the state and beyond. Iowa is known for its crops, and that's why we're here. To learn more about becoming a certified crop advisor, visit iowacca.org. Locally led, locally relevant, locally driven. Mark your calendars this February to join the Iowa Soybean Association at a 2024 Innovation to Profit meeting in your area. With meetings in Storm Lake, Waterloo, Fairfield, and Lewis, this is an opportunity to engage with fellow farmers and learn about research opportunities to boost your profitability, productivity, and sustainability. A new year brings new opportunities. Take advantage of them today by registering at iasoybeans.com. This message is brought to you by the Iowa Soybean Association and funded by the Soybean Checkoff and the United Soybean Board. Yeah, just a terrific conversation there with Greg. And yields could go up by creating an additional revenue stream. Is something certainly to look into. So thanks to Dustin. Thanks to Riley, of course, for all of his tremendous work. Thanks to you for being here. Another week of Iowa Ag Matters in the books. And by the way, if anybody that you know has missed a program, it's now available via podcast at iowaagnet.com. Have a great weekend. See you Monday here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network.